where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. My name is Troy. And my name is James. And what are we listening to and what are we reviewing today then? We're talking about season seven, episode five, Those Lips, Those Ice, which I gotta tell you, it's got a pun in the title, so we're in for a treat. (laughs) You're already invested just off the title, just off the back of a pun. It's it's the wordplay of a line from the song, Oh Me, Oh My, sung by Doris Day. There you go. Yeah. Wordplay, straight in. This episode aired on the 24th of November, 1988. It was directed by James Burroughs and written by Peter Casey and David Lee. So it was. I've got to tell you, I like this episode. It was a, it's a fun one. Yes, was. Obviously, we'll get into it, but it was it was nice to see like a few different patrons at the bar and actually kind of interacted and heard from them as well, because it does typically tend to be the same kind of group of people. But uh, yeah, there, there were a few different faces, voices in here. Yeah, it, it was a good one. I enjoyed it. What happens in this episode, and we'll delve into it later, is that quite often you'll get a random bar patron chip in with one line and the rest of the, everyone else goes, shut up. <laughs> they just leave. Like, who are you? You're, you're not meant to say anything. You're just here to sit in the background and drink a beer and keep quiet. <laughs> Do you have a picture in the main titles? No, didn't think so. <laughs> then keep it stum. <laughs> Let's jump into the cold open then. Yes. So Rebecca comes back in with a load of paperwork and stuff and she's she's obviously in quite a rush and quite busy isn't she and uh she goes into her office tells woody that she doesn't want to be disturbed she's got a lot of work on woody asks if he wants her to sorry if she wants him to to hold off any business or personal calls and uh she says yeah like i'm, I'm busy you know leave me be and he knocks again and says what if it's an emergency and she said i've, I've turned the bar over to you it's fine i've got complete confidence in you so he closes the door Knocks again, says how much she appreciates the confidence, which is nice. Bless him. Closes the door, knocks again, and she goes off at him. Woody, I am trying to get some work done here and you are driving me crazy. Now get out of here and leave me alone. Get out. Sheepishly closes the door, doesn't yeah, and he? We, and we know how Rebecca feels about sheep. Well, yes, we do. <laughs> she obviously sees the error of her ways, feels bad. Opens the door in, in an attempt to go and apologise, and Woody's still to be on the door in tears. Bless him. <laughs> and she just hugs him and goes, There, there. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting that Woody still calls her Miss Howe. He's professional, isn't he? It's nice, you know, and I, that's obviously due to his upbringing, but the fact that, you know, he's very formal with, I think the only person he doesn't refer to by their surname is Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. The ever-professional Woody, bless him. Exactly. So, into the main bulk of the show. Uh, Fraser's got a new a new gadget, hasn't he? He's got a portable phone in his briefcase. Tech wizard. Absolute tech wizard at the forefront of technology. Clearly very happy with it. <laughs> in, a, in the last episode, we talked about the kind of social attitudes that were representative of the 80s. And I think <laughs> this is the tech that was representative of the 80s. Look, guys, I've got a new portable phone. Do, do you, though? <laughs> I mean, it's more portable than, than the majority of phones that are about at that time. It's, I always find it mad watching stuff like this back, and it really puts into perspective how much technology's come on with. Like, I mean, at, at one point in time, what he had there was the absolute height of technology. 
and you look at it now and it's it's laughable but what a time to be around like I, I think about like kind of things that have happened since i was born and that can kind of remember and that the invention of smartphones and the birth of the internet building wall fell down yeah 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 but all, all of that sort of stuff and you, you kind of take for granted like you know, it's inception where these things came from. Yeah, he's clearly very pleased with his his new investment of a, a briefcase phone. However, it starts ringing and he's forgotten the code to open it. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, the amount of passwords and passcodes and digit things that I've got safe for various things. Like I've got to write them down, but then you're not meant to write them down in case they get into the wrong hands. But it's just oh, so much. So he's going through his birthday and Sigmund Freud's birthday as well comes up. Sam's clearly frustrated that he hasn't managed to open it and just asks him to move away from the bar because it keeps ringing. As he walks up, I think it's back towards the toilets and Carla thinks it's the work phone, so she picks it up, but it still continues to ring. Yeah, it's it's almost like a taskmaster type thing. There's a phone in this briefcase. <laughs> figure, figure out the combination. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's interesting what you said earlier about the, that progression in time. And have you ever watched Seinfeld? No, not massively, like a, a bits and pieces. But... The, the amount of Seinfeld episodes and plots which could be so quickly resolved if any of them had a cell phone and just like, hey, George, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm at this theater. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember having like just to move like kind of on that similar subject. Like I remember having a pager, and I thought that was like you know the absolute peak. And remember like having to ring like an operator to get your message across for it to then ping through, and then getting that message and then having to find a payphone to ring that person. And like at the time, I was just like, oh, this is really convenient that someone can just message me. But you look back and just actually, it was massively inconvenient. <laughs> now I'm going to go and source a payphone to ring that person back. Yeah, well, they were used as emergencies uh, pagers more than anything. Yeah, like hospitals they? and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they still have pagers in hospitals? Or am I wrong? Like, yeah, they, they use them internally, I think. Yeah, the equivalent to a staff phone, I suppose. Like an intranet sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Back back to the episode. Uh, so Eddie, uh, Carla's partner, is, is coming back. She's very excited. She misses oh, yeah. it terribly. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Pedro Almodova levels of excitement right there. <laughs> <laughs> she says she's at a sexual peak. Uh, and Sam, Sam says that she's actually been there since she was 12. So, <laughs> a bit weird. She doesn't argue. No, 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 she doesn't. Well, we know that uh, she married Nick when she was 15, and she married Nick because she was pregnant. Right. So, brilliant. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, meanwhile, Fraser's phone is still ringing, but he does finally remember what the code is. Uh, and then when he does answer it, uh, it's someone, uh, assume a wrong number, and they're asking for someone called Itsock or something like that. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, um, it's because they're just playing a wicked game on him. That's right. You, know, you, you understood that reference. <laughs> I got that reference. Don't you worry. <laughs> Nothing goes over my head. <laughs> but yeah eddie's there because the ice show is going to boston for a few nights which That's is right. nice yeah. yeah yeah you have been to an ice show no like not an organized one i've been to like parking lot snowball fights but i don't think that's the same <laughs> <laughs> parking lot snowball fights yeah they're very much on par with professional ice shows i can see i can see the comparison there <laughs> i've never been to an ice show I'd like to. There's, I think there's like a Marvel ice show 
like a Marvel on ice thing, which I'd really like to go to. I've been ice skating plenty of times. I enjoy ice skating. I enjoy it, but I'm not good enough at it yet to go out of my way to do it. If someone invites me, I'm like, yeah, fine. Well, right, fine. I'm inviting you. We'll go to our local where they've got an ice skating rink. I can stand up and I can make my way around the rink without needing anything for balance. So, you know, well, that's make a good it. start. Yeah, exactly. It's a great start. You don't need one of those little penguins that the children have where they kind of push it along like a shopping trolley. Yeah. No, <laughs> what I did uh, to, to practice, I just did a kind of like John Wayne walk <laughs> to, to start. <laughs> All right, Pilgrim. <laughs> Whatever works for you. So Rebecca gets Woody tickets for the American football game that's going on. Company season tickets. Patriots, Dolphins tonight, two on the 40-yard line. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, thanks, Miss Howard. You know, you are the greatest boss I ever had. <clears throat> I mean, you're the prettiest boss I ever had. <clears throat> I mean, thanks. Everyone wants Woody's spare ticket for the game. Fraser, Norm, Cliff... And they're all kind of vying for position, trying to kind of state their cause as to why they believe they should be the one to get the additional ticket. Eddie then comes back to the bar and Carla immediately takes him outside. Uh, and it's a, a cacophony of noise outside the front door of the bar. Groans, moans, coughs, splutters, I don't know. Uh, we see a, a patron attempt to enter the bar coming down the stairs and, and obviously sees what's going on outside the front door and thinks better of it. He just goes... Oh my, <laughs> just walks away. Yeah, no, it's, um. I think we've both seen aggressive public displays of affection outside watering holes in our time. More than enough. I, I used to work as a doorman at various bars and nightclubs, and I have seen some sites. Just save it till you get home. There's no need, is there? There's no need. No need to be such an exhibitionist. Patience will be rewarded. Patience will be rewarded. That's correct. After their quick flurry, if you like, outside the front door, uh, they come back in and it turns out Eddie has gotten Carla a charm bracelet on his travels to, was it Cincinnati? Yeah, you know, the classiest of places. I've never been. I, I don't know much about it. Oh, you've never been. <laughs> it's in Ohio. Yeah, that's correct. Eddie tells everyone at the bar that some of the, uh, the stars of the ice show are coming to the bar, uh, in particular, uh, Franzi Schrempf, who's a German skater. Yeah, one of the Germanies. How time has flown. I believe it was East German. Yes, as you say, how how time has flown. And apparently she's, she's a bit of a man-eater. And Cliff warns Carla of this, uh, that Eddie could potentially be playing away from home, so to speak. Ah, sports. <laughs> playing away. It's an away game. That's right. Football reference. Sam is bigging her up at the bar to the rest of the, the, the guys and the, the patrons there talking about her flexibleness and, and her moves on the ice. And it's it's very evident that Sam wants to make a beeline for her as soon as she arrives. What I found surprising was that Ted Danson was surprisingly flexible because he, he got his foot up to shoulder yeah. height. And I was like, that's impressive. <laughs> I can't do that. Dude, the thing is, the camera cut to it when he already had his foot up. I wonder how many people it took to get that up for them to then start the shot there's no way he did that in one go. I don't care how flexible you are. Audience, wait a bit. We need to, we need to help Ted here. <laughs> so Carla asks Eddie about Franzi based on what she's heard and, and her suspicions are, are already apparent and says that apparently she changes men and, and partners more times than people change their underwear, I think, or something to, to that effect. Yeah, that's a phrase. Yeah. 
But Eddie reassures her and says it's fine. He changed his pants this morning. So nothing to worry about. <laughs> Come on, Eddie, play the game. <laughs> She's your wife. <laughs> uh, the woman in question, Franzi, uh, eventually arrives at the bar. Welcome to the bar, Franzi. We're all, uh, we're, well, we're big fans of yours. Thank you. Well, we were just wondering that you're here in Boston. Uh, well, what are your plans? Well, while I'm here, I would like to wear blue jeans. See a Tom Cruise movie and eat a Big Mac. Whoa, sexy, dumb, and a cheap date. <laughs> Every man around the bar is is taken by Franzi in some way. As we said, Sam repeatedly hits on her. He's forgotten about Rebecca for the episode because there's this sexy German dancer woman here. And he <laughs> keeps it on her. Uh, she has eyes for Eddie, though. Apparently so. We do hear various patrons around the bar kind of remarking about her and very much of the the climate at the time with this being sort of late 80s, still obviously being that clear divide in uh, in Germany and stuff. And yeah, various remarks. One patron says something about wanting to have arms talks with her. Frazier says uh, he'd like to see her try and control his arms. Norm says he wouldn't object to a, a mutual on-site inspection Another patron says that he'd like to see what kind of payload she can deliver. And then Woody makes a remark, uh, something to do with missiles in Western Europe. And uh, <laughs> that, that apparently falls on, on deaf ears. It's, it's either deaf ears or someone's going too far. Too, too far. <laughs> too, too far. I mean, a lot of the previous comments were probably too far. But yeah, as I say, very much of the, the climate at the time. <laughs> Eddie is asked about, or rather he kind of chimes in on some of the the jokey comments that are going on uh, about Franzi. And he says, you know, if I I was younger and if I was this (laughs) and if I was that. And as he's about to finish his sentence, Carla comes up behind him and he says, and if I had a brain in my head, then I'd have never started this sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, Eddie. Do better than that. Yeah, no, Carla's starting to get... Her suspicions are on... Thin ice. You're on thin ice, my pedigree chum. (laughs) Carl and Eddie, they have a bit of a tense conversation and Franzi, being the kind of vixen. Oh yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, that's the appropriate word. Vixen. Proper German (laughs) word, that is. Being the vixen she is, she asks for a light and uh, Eddie can't refuse. Yeah, Carla kind of is, is getting at this like, oh, you know, you think she's pretty and you know, this, that, and the other. And he says, yeah, if you're into that, if you're into looks, which I'm not, which is just, which is quite the slight on Carla. And uh, yeah, as you say, Franzi asks for the lighter. And, um, you know, Eddie says, you know, she she doesn't even realise I'm here half the time. And Franzi immediately calls him out and asks for a lighter straight away, straight over there, like a, like a lap dog. Eddie, Franzi, and the other members of the show, they're sitting at a table talking Carla sees Eddie sweating nervously. <laughs> Does not bode well. Only reaffirming suspicions there, Eddie. Calm it down. Yep. At this point, a competition starts for Woody's spare ticket. <laughs> Turns into a bit of a race, doesn't it, between yeah. Norm, Cliff, and uh, and Fraser, and they they race out the bar. Uh, Fraser's the last one. I would have put money on Fraser in a race. I mean, he looks the most athletic. But then again, if you're talking long distance, probably Cliff, because of the whole paper the round. man. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I think Cliff has a lot of stamina. It depends in what proximity the stadium is or wherever the, the destination is they're running to. I, I, I got from it that they were running to... Running to the corner of Beacon Street and 
back. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. As they've left the bar, Woody then uses Fraser's briefcase phone to call his mum. He's <laughs> like, oh, you wouldn't believe where I'm calling you from. <laughs> this moment, we see Sam trying to chat up Franzi, uh, and she's just having none of it, basically. She's she's not impressed by his shtick. So your silly little American man coming over here, <laughs> flirting. <laughs> it will not work, Sam. Then we come back to Norm and, and, and Cliff and Fraser, and they're returning from... Uh, their, their sprint. Norm's the first one back. He's absolutely shattered. Uh, Cliff's the next one back and says, great, that's you've won the first part of the triathlon. Uh, <laughs> and Fraser is then carried back into the bar by another man who asks, does anyone know this guy? We've just found him face down outside. And Carla comes over and says, nope, never seen him before. No idea. So Norm does win, but uh, at what cost? Because then they have to run to the stadium and Norm can't make it. It's him outside on the stairs looking through and he's kind of motioning that he wants a drink. Rebecca says, no, we don't do takeouts. <laughs> we then get a bit of interaction between uh, Carla and Franzi and her asking, you know, do you not like Sam? And trying to basically warn her off Eddie. Sam is clearly still trying to kind of lay it on thick and get a date. Franzi decides that she wants to leave and asks Eddie for a lift back to the hotel, which again jumps to obliges right away. And as they leave, Cliff says to Carla, don't say I didn't warn you. And uh, he gets a glass of water in his face for his troubles. She go, she's going, I like my men, like I like my croissants, small and French. <laughs> Eddie drives Franzi home. And this is where Carla's fears really come to a head. But before we continue, should we say who the cast are? We shall, we will. Let's do it. I might need your help for the one who plays Franzi because she's a genuine German. Yeah. So a lot of her film and TV, German titles. Her name is Isa Jank. She also appeared in Airwolf, Real Men, Liebling Koisberg, Julia, Vegas und Gluck, Verbotener Lieber, and many more. She played Clarissa von Anstetten, the German equivalent of Alexis Carrington. I think I did okay there. If I, if I did wrong, I I'm think sh- you did. Yeah. yeah. Not that my German pronunciation is perfect, but that was, that was pretty spot on. It's a good effort. Alan Koss played Alan Hugh Maguire as Hugh, Stuart K. Robinson as Customer. He also worked on The Incredible Hulk, The Runways, Rocky II, Death Wish 2, TJ Hooker, Major Dad, Cowboy Bebop, of which he was the uh, English dubbed voice, and many more. Big fan of Cowboy Bebop. It's a great show. Charles Newland as Hockey Body Number 1. He also appeared in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, 30-something, Hunter, Dragnet, Matlock, Wayne's World, Boy Meets World, Sliders, Living Single, ER, My Name is Earl, The West Wing, NCIS, and many more. Andy Saylor as Hockey Buddy Number 2. This is his only film and TV role. And Philip Pullman and Al Rosen are uncredited as Phil and Al. There you go. So Cliff comes into the bar and asked Rebecca about the tickets that she's managed to procure for Woody. And she won't give him anything, basically. Answers no to all of his questions, but the only time she says yes is when he asks, are you just not going to give me tickets, basically? She just doesn't like him, does she? (laughs) Sam continues to be frustrated that he can't get a date with Franzi. And uh, Fraser suggests maybe becoming a communist in order to get a date. (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. That's happening. Yeah. Uh, Cliff says that communists are basically terrible people. Reels off reasons as to why. Carla's suspicions are at at fever pitch. And uh, 
she thinks that Eddie is is almost certainly fooling around with Franzie. Rebecca tries to reassure her, however, and that Franzie wouldn't go for anyone uh, that's part of the ice show. Sam then gets off the phone and is disappointed to hear that Franzie has fallen for someone that works on the ice show. And that's it for Carla. She's a, yeah, I've said it before, she's a vixen, that Franzie. <laughs> Cliff's reading a local paper and sees an article that backs up what Sam found out uh, on the phone that Franzi is in fact dating someone from the show and apparently has a face like a melon. Yep. <laughs> Eddie then immediately enters the bar and Carla hits, and I've, I've put a wrestling reference in here because, you know, I'm a wrestling guy, hits a, a move in wrestling called a Thez Press, which is made famous by Lou Thez. Full frontal kind of dive on top. Uh, other wrestlers have made it quite popular, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you know who he is. Well, I didn't know the name of the move, but I did see she launched herself at him. Yeah, Luthez. Uh, he was uh, it's quite a big deal, actually. Back in Deer. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this this isn't a wrestling podcast, but I will throw in wrestling references as and where I can. If you do want to follow a wrestling podcast, Troy and other wrestling fans do an untitled wrestling podcast, which you can find on all good platforms. He's plugged the Cheers podcast. I'll plug the wrestling podcast. <laughs> you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Thanks, darling. <laughs> so Carla's restrained by Sam, uh, who then tries to calm her down. And Sam says, if Eddie did cheat or is playing away, then maybe it's Carla's fault. as uh, She's not very nice to him, as we've seen throughout various series. And so she kind of, she thinks, nah, it's fine. Like, that, that, that's not the reason. Uh, and the various patrons around the bar kind of say, you know, she has to let Eddie know how she really feels and uh, and let him know deep down how she feels from, from her soul, from her heart. Alan chimes in with wisdom. They're all going, get a look at this guy. <laughs> Carla, Carla, you, you got to let Eddie know how you feel inside. You must embrace him, not... Not just with your heart, but with your very soul. Give unto him, and he will give unto you. Okay, no more for this clown. (laughs) You've had enough, Alan. Sam suggests to her to get a nice, uh, like, sort of frilly, fancy dress. Rebecca says she thinks that all of that is BS, however. Uh, But Sam then goes on to say, well, that'll be the reason that there's lots of men beating down your door. Oh, all right, Sam. Just uh, <laughs> so so wound, which you know needed a little salt there. Just sprinkle that in. He says, "You know what they say: you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar." Woody, being you know the all knowledgeable, uh, says, "Actually, you can catch the most with dead squirrels." Not a theory I've ever put to the test. Not one I'm ever gonna put to the test. It's not one I've intentionally put to the test. But you know, but I, I grew up and <laughs> I grew up when we had cats and. We lived next to a forest and the cats often brought home gifts. Gifts. (laughs) Carla doesn't care about the advice of uh, of everyone at the bar, however, and she says she's going to get to the bottom of it in her own way. Meanwhile, Frasier is trying to distract Eddie in the background after the the little pull-apart they had. And Carla comes over, interrupts the conversation between uh, Frasier and Eddie, says, Frasier, your phone's ringing. And... uh, so she can sit down to talk to Eddie. Your briefcase is ringing. <laughs> she asks him if he's happy uh, and, you know, if he has any complaints. And he says, no, I don't have any complaints at all. And she's like, no, you're lying. Like, if you don't have any complaints, I know that you're lying. I need you to complain about something, basically. And he says that he didn't like her shoving his face into the fridge last week. <laughs> yeah. She wants him to be honest, though. 
And if, if he does find anyone happier, then she wants him to tell her. And he stands up and says, I've got to tell you something. For a moment, you think that could be it. You think that there could be something. And actually, it turns out he's just got a real bad headache and he needs to have a lie down. Because uh, it is a confusing conversation that give me that'd give me a headache there's a lot going on there it's like even if were, were you having an affair would you tell me no but that's what you say if you were what <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i've been in relationships like that where they think mm. i'm hiding something and then when i tell them i'm not because i wasn't they go well i don't believe you it's like well then this conversation yeah i can't win this conversation's not going anywhere so i'm gonna go to the other room bye yeah <laughs> So we go back to the Totelli's house. We go back to, to Carla and Eddie's and everyone is playing poker around the table. All the gentlemen from, uh, from the bar are playing poker. And we see Carla wearing frilly dress that Sam suggested and, and quite a sort of lavish over the top kind of dinner ball gown. Uh, she's being overly nice to Eddie. Uh, she's uh, there is beck and call. It's very weird. <laughs> It's the mirror universe version of Carla. That's what that is. <laughs> Anything that Eddie asks for, um, Carla is more than happy to oblige, and she, she's overly polite. Uh, Norm asks for a beer, and for a brief moment, the facade drops, and she clouts him on the head and says, what do I look like, a waitress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah I, I wouldn't want to put any, any partner in that position that Carla's in, that they have to feel like that's subservient. Yeah, that's, it's just weird. I, I, I couldn't live with that. It's just, oh, it doesn't feel like a partner, does it? Like, let them do their thing. Like, it doesn't feel like a partner. It feels like you've just employed, like, a waitress at your house or, like, just a, a housemaid. Yeah, it's yeah, not a fan of that. Meanwhile, the doorbell goes. Uh, she answers it, and it's Sam. He says he's got good news. He's just seen Franzi, and she was with her boyfriend. He said if you if you take a cantaloupe and his face and put them together, you can't tell the difference. No. <laughs> Proper Miller head. <laughs> Proper, proper melon head. Eddie in the background is still asking for beer. And he says, why is it taking you so long? What are you doing? Growing the hops. And Carla's Carla's demeanor immediately changes when she realizes that Eddie is being faithful to her. So she she doesn't have to be this kind of, this maid, this over-the-top friendly wife. And she goes into the room where they're all playing poker, grabs the dishcloth, sorry, tablecloth rather, clears up everything, scoops it up almost into like a sack and just dumps it outside. <laughs> so yeah, as I say, she, her demeanor changed. She realizes she can continue to be awful to him again. And Eddie says that he he doesn't like her at all when confronted about it. So everyone leaves, I should have said. Everyone leaves and uh, they, they sit down for a conversation and Eddie says that you know he doesn't like Franzi at all. And he goes on to say that during rehearsals today, she she absolutely went off at a member of staff and spat in his face. And Carla said, well, you know, if you cared that much, then why didn't you defend the guy? And he said, well, that guy was me. I was the guy. That was a good Eddie impression you did there. <laughs> Not a fan of, of this frenzy. It's interesting that Carla says that with, with this garb and with this attitude, you're making me like Debbie Reynolds, which... I thought it was an interesting, com- interesting comparison. That's an interesting comparison, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sit down and they try and talk it out properly. And Eddie says, the main thing is that I've been faithful to you. And Carla has that moment of realisation and says, that actually, I don't deserve you. You have been faithful to me. Um, but he says, I want you to continue how you've been in the past. I want you to be like the woman that I married. And yeah. she <laughs> says... 
pretty much like fine well there's a cat litter tray with your name on it there's a bunch of dishes <laughs> that need washing and he is over the moon that she's back to her normal self so that's nice yeah a nice resolve given the roller coaster of emotions that both of them went through throughout the episode i hope that he doesn't get his head shoved in the fridge anymore though ah, i'm sure it'll happen again Maybe a bit less, <laughs> maybe a bit less violent, Carla. <laughs> yeah, just just rein it in a little bit. No more Thez press. I used to play hockey for a living. I don't need <laughs> violence anymore. <laughs> <laughs> New trivia. It's in a briefcase. Can you remember the code? Uh, <sighs> maybe it's the date that this episode aired. Yeah. Okay. It's uh two four eleven then, or eleven two four. November 24th. Oh, it's clever. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. What have you got for me? First one here. What is the actual combination for the briefcase? I'm not looking for a number, but I'm looking for what the number represents. Oh, I know he mentioned like a birthday of, I think it was Sigmund Freud, but that wasn't it. It was someone, was it someone else's? Oh, what was it? No, I don't remember. I feel like it was, it was an anniversary. It was a specific date, but I could be wrong. It was Carl Jung's address. Oh, okay. I knew that it was a name mentioned of someone that it was synonymous with. In the cold open, how many times does Woody knock on the office door? That is a good question. Four? Correct. Carla gets given a Cincinnati charm bracelet, but what is on this charm bracelet? I know this because I've got the question for you as well. (laughs) Uh, It's a beer stein, a bowl of sauerkraut, and Pete Rose's head. Lovely. When Franzi is asked about what she's going to do whilst in Boston, what does she say she wants to do? She says she wants to see a Tom Cruise movie, get a Big Mac and wear blue jeans. Correct. Well done. See, now all I've got in my head is a Big Mac and that's all I want to eat. Well, it's (laughs) going to be our our house special, isn't it? Yeah. When... uh, the poker buddies are gathering. Who does Fraser compare them to? Oh, I almost wrote this down because I thought there's a reference and I'm going to need to remember it. Oh, the... Does it begin with an A? It does begin with an A. Yeah, I can't read it. I, to be honest, even if I had written it down, I probably couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, I remember it being... It's, it's not an English word, is it? It's like a French word or something? I think maybe? it comes from French, yeah. I think it comes from French. You'll have to enlighten me because I don't quite remember what it was. Well, basically, after some witty comments are made during this poker game, Frasier says that they're a regular Algonquin round table. That's it. This was a celebrated group of New York City writers, critics, actors, and wits. They gathered initially as part of a practical joke. Members of the Vicious Circle, as they dubbed themselves, met for lunch each day at the Algonquin Hotel from 1919 until about 1929. It's a classy reference there. Very nice. That's our last call. 
think how special is obviously going to be Tommy C. Big Mac. Le Big Mac. I like this episode. It was nice seeing Eddie return. Certainly an interesting episode in terms of the uh, political undertones. Mm, Massively. A lot. (laughs) Hard to miss those. (laughs) Like being hit over the head with a BMW. (laughs) (laughs) Or a Trabi, which that's a reference for absolutely no one. But yeah, (laughs) Trabi was uh, a car uh, during, it was a really cheaply made car that was easily affordable, very popular during the kind of mid-1940s and a little bit onwards. Uh, you can still see a few of them about Berlin today, but yeah. Oh, That's an exceptional reference. <laughs> I've got to brush up on my, my German again. I'm going there in a couple of months. <laughs> but yeah, no, a good episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't think there'll be any follow-up to it, but it's a good start for, for Eddie in this season. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see you again in a few weeks, Troy. You will, indeed. Until then, this has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast.